You know, Jesus says he can't be neutral. I mean, you're either for him or against him. There's no middle ground. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Jen. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Bible today, Luke 11. Very interesting as we study this. And we'll talk about that in around five minutes time. Right now, Ryan is here, right? What's going on? All right, well, in Luke 11, Jesus tells those who were seeking after a sign from him to prove that he was the Messiah, that no sign would be given to them except for the sign of Jonah. Today, I'm going to be reviewing the very important events of Jonah's life. Yeah, and that's a very interesting chapter because, or a book, because a lot of people have trouble with that. So that's interesting, right? Janice? A question. How's your foundation? All right, very good. And also, Brian is here. Brian? Good to have you here. Thank you. And we'll talk to him in just a moment about his wife. It's going to be excellent, about 20 minutes time. So get out your Bible. Let's open it up. and Let's look at what God is saying to us. Luke 11, 14 through 26. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out, that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 26. Well, Luke chapter 11 and 12, the spiritual world is real. Authority in the spiritual world is real and affects the way we operate in the material world. In fact, many of the material things we see happening today in this world are because the authority in the spiritual world has shifted. 
When people who are not truly Christians follow God, when they're in control, their minds can be influenced and controlled by the spiritual entities who build the kingdoms according to what they want, what serves them best. Spiritual authority is the key to the development of the social, the political, the economic abilities. Jesus Christ was accused of having tainted spiritual authority because he commanded demons and they responded. The accusation was that demons responded to him because his power was from the most powerful demon of all. He had been commanding authority from within their ranks. But Jesus claimed that his authority was not from the demonic world, but rather from the most powerful being of all in the universe and beyond. His authority came from God Almighty, Elohim. Now, that's interesting. This argument about spiritual authority today is fascinating. And as we read it, we need to understand that God speaks to us. And I would suggest that you turn your Bible guide to today's passage. If you don't have one, call us or write to us or go to Bible Discovery TV. Get a hold of yours because this is going to be interesting. And let me just say this, that we very much appreciate donations and we want to pray for the people who are struggling with all of the things going on in the economy and everything else today. Father, we pray for everybody that they would learn. And as Christians, we trust you. And we believe you, Lord, with weather, politics, wars, everything going on, Lord. We recognize that we are in a very unique time. And so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would help us. And we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Now, as we focus on this, let's pray that God speaks his word to us. Father, help us to hear your word today. Speak to our hearts, teach us your ways, and show us your paths. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, amen. All right, Luke chapter 11. Let's go with verse 14. This is interesting. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, well, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Verse 16, others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by who do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. <laughs> Verse 20. But if I cast demons out with the finger of God, the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a strong man, or but when a stronger than he, comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Okay, th this is absolutely stunning. Jesus Christ professes the authority of God's kingdom, no matter what we think about it. 
Doesn't matter how we think about it. His authority is ultimate. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. And we learn that from the end of the book. When Jesus Christ is talking and he says, go into all the world and give the message to people. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's what Jesus Christ said. We read this again in Revelation. Let's keep that in mind. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit is in you, understand the authority that you possess through Christ. You need to get that because so many people don't understand that. There is an authority we have from Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again that we need to understand. We are children who have the Holy Spirit in us. Very interesting. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 23. Here's what one verse says. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Did you hear that verse? Here's what it means. Jesus says that one cannot be neutral. We are with him or we are against him. Christ's followers are not neutral, but are fully committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. A true Christ follower is someone who is totally committed to the work and the life of Jesus Christ, a true Christ follower. So it's not that we, you know, we don't, we don't have this neutral, well, sometimes you go this way and sometimes you go that way. That's not a Christ follower. A Christ follower knows that Jesus Christ leads the way and we follow no matter where we go. Jesus Christ led through persecution. He led through all kinds of people mocking him and destroying him, but he led through it. Beloved, we need to understand that we have to go through this stuff. It's not that we have to, but we, we will go through it. But if we follow Christ, he is stronger than all this stuff. We'll become strong people. That's exactly what God is doing. Something we need to get a hold of. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 24 says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through a dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, well, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. And then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of man is worse than the first. Now, this is important. Without the authority of Jesus Christ, we are open to violent manipulation of the evil one. Without the authority of Jesus Christ, we are open to violent manipulation of the evil one. Christians believe in Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, and his power and authority protects them. Understand, it's not my authority or your authority. It's the authority of Jesus Christ, beloved, that protects us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, with the help of your Holy Spirit, help people to realize, help me to realize, help the wonderful individuals to realize the authority of God's power, especially today when so many things are going wrong. Help us to realize that you are projecting a certain kind of power inside the Christian for today's world. And we thank you for allowing us to be here during this time. 
In Jesus' wonderful name, everyone said together, Amen. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And today's reading is Luke chapters 11 and 12. And in chapter 12, Jesus makes a very important statement about the prophet Jonah. And he says in verse 29, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. Now, the fact that Jesus refers to Jonah is significant for a few different reasons. For one thing, it demonstrates that Jesus believed Jonah to be an actual person in history, which is contrary to what many liberal scholars believe. The other thing which is connected is that Jesus was comparing his very real and upcoming historical event, his death, burial, and resurrection, to another real historical event, Jonah in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Today, you and I are going to review that very important history. So let's do that. Jonah, the son of Amittai, was commissioned by the Lord to preach and prophesy unto the wicked and pagan city of Nineveh. Actually, it is the only case of a biblical prophet being sent to the heathen, and Jonah wants no part of it. Indeed, it was the 8th century BC, and Nineveh was the capital city of Israel's sworn enemy, Assyria. In fact, just decades later, God would use Assyria to destroy Israel. Thus, Jonah wanted no part of this mission trip, and so boards a ship heading in the completely opposite direction, to Tarshish. Yet as the prophet was about to learn firsthand, God is inescapable. For Jonah, this reality came suddenly and dramatically. During the voyage, God brings forth a tempest so severe that even the professional seafarers were frightened. So terror-struck were they that they began to throw cargo overboard and pray to their gods for deliverance. Ironically, the one responsible for this divine calamity was fast asleep below deck. When the captain discovers Jonah, he rebukes the prophet, saying, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your god. Perhaps he will consider us, so that we may not perish. To find out who is the cause of this trouble, they cast lots. And through divine intervention, the lot falls on Jonah. The prophet was exposed. Now he had no choice but to tell them the truth. I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land, and I have fled from his presence. At this the men were greatly afraid and did not know what to do with him. But Jonah knew. Throw me into the sea, he said, then it will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Though they initially refused, throwing him overboard was clearly the only option. When they do, the raging storm ceases. This display of power caused the men to fear the Lord exceedingly and to even offer a sacrifice to him. As for Jonah, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow him, and he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Though he was as good as dead, from the belly of the fish, from the belly of Sheol, he pleads with God for mercy. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. Again, God commands Jonah to go to Nineveh, and this time he obeys. There he proclaims the word of the Lord. 
yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. To Jonah's complete and utter displeasure, the people actually heed the warning, and God spares the city. For God's mercy on the city, Jonah is so angry that he wants to die. Jonah's account ends with God's reply to the angry prophet. Should I not pity Nineveh, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left? So although some question the historicity of Jonah because of its incredible account, the Bible in passages like Luke 11 uh, speaks of Jonah as a real person in history. Now, if you're a Christian, you have no reason to doubt the historicity of Jonah, because if Jesus accepted him as a historical figure, then so should we. And with that, let's take this very real historical event to heart. Let's not run from God's calling on our life, for we too just might have a Jonah experience. Yeah, and that's really important. A lot of people criticize the Jonah experience, but uh, you know, there's been examples of this kind of thing happening before, and that's very interesting. Thank you, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Tannis? All right, I asked a question, how's your foundation? I'm going to take this particular section of scripture a little bit differently than I have in the past. And that is, we're, we're talking about Jesus is casting out a demon from a person who that it, it rendered that person mute. And when Jesus cast the demon out, the person started to talk. And some accused him of being having the powers of Beelzebub mm. or having the power of Satan. And so Jesus addresses this by saying, he said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to destruction and a house divided against a house falls. And I thought to myself, it's that same story that Jesus talks about building your house, building your foundation on the rock. Jesus is that rock that we need to build our foundation on. And there's that great Sunday school song about the wise man built his house upon the rock, but the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And when the rains came and the floods came up, which house stood? Not the one on the sand because the sand shifts and changed and everything fell apart. It's the same thing with our lives. It's such a simple story, but if you think about it, it's powerful. Jesus is the rock. His word is the rock. It doesn't change. Mm. And we change our lives through the power of God's Holy Spirit if we choose to follow him. If we say, Jesus, I, I am not perfect. And I have failed you so many times, but if you would help me, mm. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to let you change me, even though sometimes it really hurts. Mm. It's really hard for me. And I, but I need your help. He will do that. And when, when we do that, we become stronger in our foundation, not because of us, not because we're so great, but because he is and he builds that foundation so that when the storms come and they do, don't they? Lots of you are going through storms right now, but we can hang on. We're like that tree that you mm -hmm. talked about that, that was in your yard, Absolutely. that big tree where the roots go down deep mm -hmm. because when the winds come, those roots will hang on. And right. that's what we do. I Sometimes I feel like, um, I'm such a little girl when it comes to God that I remember my daddy when I was growing up and he would put me on one ankle and my brother Darren on the other ankle and he would walk us around mm -hmm. and we just hang on and giggle. Mm -hmm. So many times I feel like that with God that I just want to hang on and sometimes in life that's what I do mm -hmm. because he is my foundation. He's the one that I can always count on. So a house divided, don't be that house divided. Don't fall when the rains come. Make sure that your foundation is 
in the word of God, that your foundation is in your personal relationship with a God who is your father in heaven, who longs for you to talk to him, who longs to spend time with you in your busy day. Set time aside for him. It's so, 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 so important. It's really important. That is really good. And uh, I think Brian Como from Kennedy Road Tabernacle um, in Brampton, Ontario, you understand this, but mm -hmm. I'm interested, and we should have your wife on, but mm -hmm. I'm interested in, in Kim's perspective on this because you get saved, you go to school, you go back to normal school, you get in the music business, you're in pastoring now in, in uh, Louisiana, and you get a phone call late at night, right. and it's from up here right. in Ontario, right. and they say, we, we have a position. It's of, cold. Yeah, it's, it's cold. It's, it's cold, cold up cold, here. Man. Yeah, I remembered. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden you get a phone call, and how does your wife react to this? What does she do? Well, you know, I'm not going to over-spiritualize it. And I'm not going to say, well, the Lord talked to us and said, when he starts to talk, talk to you, you almost knew that we knew that I, I felt like there was a change coming, uh, but we didn't know what it was. We had promised to be at the church because I kept saying to everybody when people would say, you know, South Louisiana is very, very Cajun talking and stuff. And I don't talk very Cajun. I've gotten more kind of neutral. And they would always say, well, you know, how long are you going to be here? And I said, apparently longer than you, because if you're asking me that question, it, it means you're, you're kind of floating from here to there. But we stayed 17 years and I just felt like it was done. It was done. It Rod, it was the most. It was the it was the hardest decision. I I think you know I'm slender. I, I say it's more like athletic built in me, um, and makes me happy. But I I bet I lost five ten pounds just because you don't want to hurt the people there, but you know God's calling you someplace else. And it's not that the bigger is better. The bigger is more more pressure. It's more stress. Yep. It's more responsibility and. I think if I was that 20-something-year-old, 30-something-year-old kid, I would just said, yeah, let's go at it. But we have to think about it and pray about it. But I think Kim was ready. I, we'd never talked about leaving. Oh, we got plenty of opportunities in church to say, would you ever consider? Because they saw what we did there. But we never, I wanted to beat that being not content out of my life. And when they called, it was, uh, it was just different. It was, you know, let's get, let's pray about it. And John was the guy who called us, John Croner. Uh, yeah, John Croner's a great guy. So your your wife is going. I'm only saying that because he owns a camper business, <laughs> and maybe he would give me a, a yes, free camper for the weekend. For and his right. wife is my cousin. Oh, Kelly so is. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we're related wow. to mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, so your wife was going to Canada. Yeah. And did did she know it was cold? Well, we were here 20-something years so, ago. So she knew what Yeah, what we was... knew. We, it, listen, it's, again, I think when you know that there's a move of God, that God's moving you, then your heart starts to switch. You start feeling love for the people. These people here remind me so much of Louisiana because you have Nigerians, Jamaican, Trinidad's. You have, you know, your Canadians. Yeah, yeah, it's very much going. But I love it, man. It's, the, it's like New Orleans and, and you... They're so honoring. They're so passionate about their worship. There's very, very sincere people in it. And it's made changes. You know, when we first came in, it was what it was. And then through the pandemic and through other things that have happened, uh, people, you know, decided where they've moved away or, uh, you know, you can work from home. A lot of massive changes. 
but the church is healthy today. It's it's very very healthy. It's it um, is. yeah. It's it's always been consistent. It hasn't been easy for her. No, it's it's, it's uh, so tell us tell us about that. Well, Kim wanted you know for I think every wife just wants to feel like okay, I'm planted. And uh, it wasn't that she loves music, so she would lead the choir. And uh, I don't think she wants to be known as a typical pastor's wife, you know, where she's got to do the women's ministry and the handbell choir and the, you know, change the diapers <laughs> for the kids and stuff. She's my wife. And she just, she needs to flow with the talents that God's given her. But at the same time, she's at all the services. She's there to support me. She prays with me every Sunday before we get up. And, and that's, that's, that's in that's more powerful than anything but she i think she wanted to change also and so you just have to determine in your mind it's gonna be cold (laughs) it's gonna be cold but i'll tell you real 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 personal when we came i wanted and when there was a vote for us i i said they said what what's the approval rating that you want before you accept this job and i said well what was the last person who accepted and i think it was like maybe I don't know, 70% something. And I said, it, this has got to be God. So I, I need 93%. I, I can't come for less than that. Because I knew that I could go back to Homa, start where we're at, go through, but it had to be God and the the night of the job, the, the calling. And I think that gave Kim more peace was 93%. Wow. Hmm. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay, on the next program, we're going to talk about your son, and we're going to talk about the church and all of that. Absolutely. Can so, we throw up a picture of Kim? I, no, no. Well, we, we can if you want to. So, anyway, so make sure that you get ready for it. It's going to be a very interesting time, and we want to say thanks to Brian Como for being here. Kennedy Road Tabernacle is 141 Kennedy Road North in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. So visit it sometime if you're up, or if you're in the area, check it out. In the meantime, let's continue on as we study the Word of God. Remember, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 p.m., we have a prayer meeting uh, for you. And we're live, so join us and uh, put your prayer request in the chat room, Bible Discovery TV, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, we're there for you. Now today, let's pray as the program concludes. We pray, Lord, help me to be strong through the power of your Holy Spirit, because I need to be strong right now, Lord. So in Jesus' name, amen.